morning, Bucks fans. Happy Wednesday. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And as always, this is where we take all of your questions. And I'm sure there are a lot of them because we've been gone for a few weeks. This is always the time of year when the office kind of shuts down a little bit. People take their vacations. And then now we are ready to hit the ground running. Training camp is starting this week. So if you have questions for us, head on over to the Buccaneers Facebook page and you can ask them there. And before we uh, start getting to some of those, give people a chance to submit some of them. Of course, there was the White House visit yesterday, and I know you got to be one of the lucky people to go. So tell us a little bit about what that was like and, and what happened and, and just getting to witness such a big event in Buccaneer history. Yeah, I definitely feel, felt privileged to be along for that ride because uh, it is a it is a big moment. As most people know, the Buccaneers didn't get to go to the White House when they won Super Bowl 37 due to basically world events. And um, and then recently, you know, teams haven't been going for, for a variety of reasons, you know, including the virus. So this is the first team to go since 2000, first NFL team to go since 2017. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a big moment. And, and I think everybody treated it as such. And uh, it, I can tell you one thing, it was very, very hot. <laughs> I'm sure that fans saw all those players and coaches sweating behind President Biden, but that was, it was well worth it. And I'll tell you one big takeaway for me, is I, I'm really, people in Foxborough probably already know this and known it for years, but it's becoming increasingly obvious that Tom Brady makes sure he is well prepared for any big moment, uh, whether it be a football game or in this case, a speech on the South Lawn at the White House, because he, would, he was nailing it. I mean, he had the jokes and they were well-timed and they hit the mark and uh, uh, he did a really nice job in a very brief little, he packed a lot into a pretty brief little speech and uh, you know, you could tell he was prepared and he enjoyed himself. Yeah, that's what I love about him is it's not even just football. It's anything like you see that same preparation and work ethic. So I think if he was that well prepared for that speech, I don't think anybody has to worry about his preparation for the season (laughs) as well. He's going to be doing just as well with that. Um, Okay, our first question is from Daniel, who asked, uh, how good on paper is our special teams compared to last year? And what is its potential? Well, I would say in, in some cases it's the same on paper, you know, that you would expect Ryan Suckup to be good again after he uh, basically solved that problem that the Bucks had at the kicker spot for about a decade. It was very much the reliable kicker, uh, especially from 40 yards in that the that coach wanted, the team has been trying to get for a long time. Um, Bradley Pinion is still a very good directional and, and, uh, and situational punter, and he also is great on touchbacks. I don't think any of that will change. The questions, therefore, are will the Bucks be better in coverage and will they be better in return? The return game was okay last year. Not really any, a lot of big plays until the very end. And uh, the coverage, by rankings at least, wasn't very good. You know, you don't get a lot of kickoff returns, so don't read too much into the fact that the Bucks were last in coverage because one big return can pretty much kill your average when you only have maybe 12 or 13 of them to cover all year. But the coverage needs to be better. And the Buccaneers paid attention to that in the draft and they drafted guys that maybe could, you know, have defensive or offensive roles in the future, but really are expected to help out right away on special teams, including the linebackers, KJ Britt and Grant Stewart. And they both know that they both are well aware that they're being counted on. And if those guys are core special teamers, then maybe it will get a little bit better. And maybe Jalen Darden will, you know, win the return job and provide a spark there. So there's definitely a chance on paper that the Bucks will be better uh, in those, in those two areas of special teams, but obviously we have a long way to go to find that, that out for sure. Yes, very true. Um, Christopher asked who's going to back up Shaq and JPP. So overall, I feel like it'd be good to just talk about that position and not only starter versus backup, but just kind of the, the number of reps you see certain guys 
getting, because that's definitely a position where starter versus backup doesn't always um, mean the same thing depending yeah. on who those guys are. Yeah, if you were asking who the, who the backup was to like say the inside linebackers, it'd be a different question because barring injury, that guy's not gonna play at all because Levante and Devin never come off the field. But when you're talking about the outside linebackers and the edge rushers, you're talking about a rotation because those guys never play 100% of the snaps. Now, Barrett and, and JPP are very much up there in terms of how many snaps they do play. They both take, a, especially JPP, they both wanna be on the field a lot, but you do wanna have a rotation and maybe even a little bit deeper of one this year just to keep those two guys fresh for one thing. Um, you saw what can happen when that pass rush is at its best in, in the last two games of the postseason. Um, obviously, it, last year, Anthony Nelson was your third guy, and he played about 25% of the defensive snaps. And really, other than that, there wasn't much. I mean, Quentin Bell got here and there, got a couple of snaps, but it was basically just those two guys and then Anthony Nelson in the rotation. And now you have those three guys plus Joe Tryon, and I know they want him to be in the rotation right away and think that he can make a mark right away. So I think you got a little bit deeper there than you have in the past. And you, you're, you're in a situation assuming that Joe Tryon can, you know, play well enough as the Bucks expect him to, uh, to be comfortable with him on the field. You, you might be able to uh, give Shaq and JPP a little bit more of a breather this year. So I actually think barring injury, the rotation there is pretty good. And I don't want to get, you know, forget Quentin Bell either. Um, uh, his coach um, has already said he's, you know, Larry Foote, he's already, he's already, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's lobbying for, to keep five guys at that position this year. So whether it be Quentin Bell or Cam, Cam Gill is actually who I meant to be talking about. Um, whether it be one of those two guys is the fifth guy. So you have a shot to have a deeper rotation there than in the past. I'm sorry, are you telling me a position coach is lobbying for more guys in his position? That's strange, huh? <laughs> that's brand new. That's never happened before. <laughs> Just means more work for him, I guess. Yeah, I always love that. They're always like, no, my position needs to be one, the one with the, uh, the extra player. It's like, but you're not biased at all. You know? yeah, I think receivers coaches are usually like that. Yes. They want to keep like seven or eight of them. Oh, yeah. They're like, actually, if we could have 53, that'd be great. <laughs> um, okay, our next one. Uh, Richard asked, how big is the ring ceremony going to be? And will it be live? Uh, it will not be broadcast live, but we will have tons of coverage from it going onto our website, our social media, all of that stuff. So make sure you stay tuned tomorrow night for all that. They're going to be showing the rings, showing guys getting the rings. And yeah, believe me, there's, there's going to be plenty of stuff up there. It's just not something that will be broadcast live per se. Um, I think part of that is even just the, the abilities too. And they've, you know, a lot of the planning of events in COVID times has been uh, a little last minute and having to move things around. So it'll, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be live, but you will get to see plenty from it. And in terms of how big, I don't know if he means how many people or how much production is going into it, but I think the answer is both. I mean, it's basically the whole Bucks, uh, you know, employees and, and players, coaches, staff, all of that. And um, I get and to, yes. it, which I'm very excited about. So yeah, I'll, I'll get a chance to introduce you know, the players that are all going to speak, ownership's going to speak. There's going to be some videos about the, the ring in the season. So yes, it's going to be a very fun event. I think I spoke over you. So just to make sure everybody heard, you're going to be emceeing the event. Yes. Yes, I am. So yep, mm -hmm. I get to introduce all the people. So it's going to I be heard your voice when I was coming back in the airport the other day, riding on the shuttle. Yes. The voice of the tram on uh, <laughs> at, at Tampa airport, just for cool. another little bit. It was just for the month of July. Um, uh, yes. But it was very cool. Yeah, it was a fundraiser for United Way, and it was uh, a very cool opportunity fun to receive videos from all of my friends listening to me <laughs> on the drill. Um, so our, uh, our we also wanted to bring up um, 
the way training camp is going to work, that this will be our last insider for a bit like this, because we are going to be having training camp live. So it made me think of it when somebody was asking about if the ring ceremony is live, uh, that training camp, we will be doing these live shows from every open practice for the first 30 minutes of practice. Um, and we know that, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people who want to come to training camp that aren't going to get a chance to just because of all the stuff of COVID and having to restrict how many people come and even, you know, some days in the indoor. So we're going to try to give you guys as much as we possibly can as a way to watch practice and be in there. Um, yeah. so here, I would ahead. definitely, um, if, if you, if you want to see what's going on, I'd advise tuning into that for every practice, because my understanding is we're going to have more cameras on the field and we're going to be able to show more of the work than just, you know, sometimes in the past, it's been whatever happens to be right behind us, but I think we're going to do more to bring the action from camp to the fans during that show. So yes. definitely tune in if you want to see that stuff. Yes, thankfully, because of uh, COVID rules now, we can have camera people right there on the sideline. Whereas last year, we had to kind of rely on a, a robo cam that we were that our, our producer was trying to operate while also producing and directing us. So yeah, I think this year we're gonna have a lot more action from right on the field. So we're excited about that. Uh, and Delvin asked, uh, since we returned all the starters, where do you see the best position battle being? Yeah, I like that question. And there are always battles and um, coach, uh, was basically asked something along those lines, if there would be competitions in camp. Uh, and the, the question I actually asked him for starting spots. And he said, oh no, probably not starting spots. And every coach will tell you that you have to, you have to battle, you have to keep your job, you know, you're, unless, I mean, Tom Brady is not going to lose his job, but you can't just roll into camp as a veteran and assume you're going to get your job if you don't perform better than the guy behind you. But practically speaking, the starting lineups are pretty much set. But uh, he said there's definitely competition for other jobs and for spots on the depth chart. And, and, and sometimes not even whether or not they get a job and whether or not they get a helmet on Sunday, but just how big their role is going to be. And the one that I find most intriguing is the running back situation. And I honestly get asked this a lot. And I honestly have to say, I don't know the answer yet. And I think it's fair to say that I don't think the coaches know for sure the entire answer in the backfield yet. Um, you know, Ronald Jones was a, the starter, the guy getting – basically a two-to-one carry margin over Leonard Fournette during the regular season and was productive and was going to have a thousand-yard season before he missed time at the end and lost that opportunity. And then when that happened, uh, Leonard Fournette stepped in. We all know what happened in the playoffs. And so now he's got the momentum and you've seen him be the kind of producer that made him the, I think, fourth overall pick in the draft a few years ago. Uh, and so you got both those guys that the coaches really like and Coach Arians called them basically thinks of them both as starters. It's intriguing enough how the carries and touches are going to be split between those two guys, but then also factor in that the Bucks now have Giovanni Bernard, who's one of the best pass catching backs in the league. And that's an area we can probably use more of and Keyshawn Vaughn, the guy they drafted in the third round just a year ago. And I know they like him. Coach Arians has said they have, they have all the um, trust in him in the world as a runner. It's just, yeah, how is he as a pass catcher? How is he as a blocker in the backfield? I think, especially considering the fact that of those four guys, the only one under contract passed this year is Keyshawn Vaughn. You got to believe they'd like to see what they have in him. So how do they figure out how to get the ball distributed amongst those four guys? And again, I don't think the answer is set yet. It's going to be set by how those guys do in camp in the early part of the season. So to me, that's the number one competition that, that I find intriguing because I don't really know what the answer is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. Sort of related to this, Alan had asked, uh, do you think Tyler Johnson will have a bigger role this year? So for me, that's definitely one of the position battles that I will be intrigued by is, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier, how many wide receivers do you keep? 
Is it because of special teams? Is it because of their wide receiver role? And you know what those guys behind your Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yeah. the ones that were like, okay, yes, we know their their thing. What what do you see in terms of those last wide receiver spots and, and Tyler Johnson's role? That's interesting because or to start this week with camp coming at the end of the week, I put a story on Buccaneers.com just saying six other than the obvious guys and people first time that fans have got to come to camp, you know, select groups have got to come to camp since we got Tom Brady. So yes, everybody's going to be watching Tom Brady and everybody's going to be watching Devin White, Shaq Barrett. But how about some other guys to keep an eye on because they have interesting stories heading into camp. Tyler Johnson was one of my six choices for that list. And that's partly because of a lot of the guys going into camp, his role is it's not obvious how he could, his path to, to more playing time, but there is room for him to grow quite a bit in his role, depending on what happens with the rest of the receivers, because the situation is basically the same as last year in terms of it's hard to picture how he gets the ball a lot when you are, when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller and all those tight ends. And now you might be throwing more passes to the running backs. So where's the, where's the football for Tyler Johnson? But they found ways to get him in. I know he only had like 12 catches last year, but there were some big ones, like the big third down catch in New Orleans in the playoffs, had a couple of touchdowns where he was about Tom Brady's fourth or fifth read, but he made sure he, he stayed on his route and was there where he was supposed to be when Tom got to him. I think there's promise in this guy. And at some point you're going to be needing to think about replacing and how long is Antonio Brown going to be here? Are the Bucs going to be able to sign Chris Godwin long-term? I hope so, but you never know. So again, like Keyshawn Vaughn, they want to know what they have in this guy. And I think he's got a lot of talent, a lot of potential. I think he could blossom somewhat in the way that Chris Godwin did. It's, it's you know, that's a lot to put on a guy, but we're talking about a, a day two or day three pick who has produced well more than that would suggest. And I know the Bucs felt like they got a bit of a steal when they got Tyler Johnson in the fifth round. So it's a very intriguing story. It's hard to see the path to a lot of playing time, but yet I still feel like there's a chance he does get more this year. And you brought up the Chris Godwin thing. We'll close with this. Anthony had asked, are there any updates on the Chris Godwin re-signing situation? Well, we're past the deadline where that can happen. He has to play this year on the um, the one year, the, the, the tag one year contract. That doesn't mean that the Bucks and he have to stop talking. They can still start laying the groundwork for the potential of a, a new contract after the season over, much as like what happened with Shaq Barrett. Uh, I'm sure it, it seems logical that the Bucks would like to keep Chris Godwin around, but you just never know. Um, and then some players, when they get to the season, like to say, hey, I'm not going to let that be a distraction for the year. Let's table those talks till we get to the end. So you never know. There could be stuff going on in the background, but this year he will play on a one-year contract. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. And again, we will be going live the first 30 minutes of every open training camp practice. So make sure you join us there. We'll still be taking some questions. We'll be talking about some big team topics and be trying to show you as much live footage of practice as possible. So we'll see you then.